Go for it. And hit the music. The following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Mighty News What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews, episode 63, the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing tonight? I think people are going to heckle us this episode, and I'm ready for action. Are you? I'm ready to throw it I back. feel all kinds of energy coming from over there. Let's get after Heckling it. Heckling action is happening. Uh, we've got some very special guests. Obviously, we are recording on site. You can hear the background noise. You can see us on Facebook and YouTube. We are in beautiful Honeybrook, Pennsylvania at Suburban Brewing Company. How do you guys, what's the official name? Is that right? 322 Tap Room is where we're at today. Yes, we are at 322 Tap Room, which I want to get into that. But we've got Eric. Eric, how you doing? Awesome, man. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for being here. And Corey. Corey, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming out. So, like, one of the first things I want to get into is when um, I I wanted to reach out to you guys to be on the show, right? Mr. Steve was like, we got to talk to Suburban. And I looked you guys up on Google, and I wasn't happy with the Google results. They just came back immediately and was like temporarily closed. I was like, maybe they're closed. And then a little bit of digging, I was I found 322 Tap Room and things like that. But um, you know, I don't know if we should dive right into that. But why don't you uh, tell us about this location here that we're at, 322 Tap Room, when it opened, and, and what you guys are doing here? Well, we outgrew the other place. Okay. It's time. It's time to move up town, out of town, down the road, a little bit yep. closer to civilization. Sure. We started moving uh, back east a little bit. Yeah. So you guys used to be at the corner of Route 10 and 322, basically. We're we're at the traffic light. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the the traffic light. That's In always town. a good yeah. indicator of where you're at. It, it probably was a four-way stop sign at one point. But <laughs> how yeah. far is it? How many miles from there? Are, are, is this yeah four or five miles right? Four four and a half. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of crazy how much different it is on this side of town. Just how much closer you are to things. How much more traffic and things like that probably. Um, it, it's it went from like Mars to like the moon. You know, like sure. They, we were on Mars and now we're on the moon. Like, it's only four <laughs> miles, but yeah, people will come. Yeah, being yeah. right on three twenty two is is killer. Different. Like at the old spot, we're behind. The M&T Bank. So, right. But the whole thing with the Google and, and seeing that we're temporarily closed, that was, at the time, we had two different social media pages, two different. Yep. Um, so we opened this as the 322 Tap Room. So we're trying to get people to um, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram under the new 322 Tap Room yep. you know, sign-on as opposed to just the regular Suburban Brewing Co. So, sure. Um, but that, that's been the effort. So, But when people see us out and about and like on our cans, some of the previous uh, releases, it was just 322, or sorry, Suburban Brewing. Yep. So, okay. We, we we thought we could keep both open. Yeah. Uh, but you know we can't. Sure. For a couple different reasons. Um, but so we're here now. And gotcha. That old spot is closing effective November fourth. Okay. Um, we're, gotcha. We're, up. we're we're on the bigger and better things. 
that place is a little bit hidden. Yeah. We love it. It was our clubhouse. I loved every. It was great. Built it for years. Yeah. Bare hands. And, yeah. We painted it. And, um, uh, it was a, a, a lot of stuff that, a lot of love went into that place. But, uh, sure. We grew the brand there. I mean, yeah. it's, it, was, it was a cool spot. It, it, was, our, it, was, our, it was our test batch. You know, we, we had a one barrel system there. Yeah. And we brewed a shitload of beer on one barrel. And that's, that's what set us apart from a lot of these other breweries that pop up that pop up with a 10 barrel or a 15 or whatever barrel. We did right. one, we perfected our beer, and then we, then we decided to grow. And if, we, if it didn't work there in the middle of nowhere, it wasn't going to work anywhere. Sure. So we're like, let's get the beer dialed in. Let's make sure the beer's awesome. Yep. Once the beer's great, we're going to expand. Sure. And that's been our mentality. Like, you know, let's make sure we have great products. Yeah. Because a lot of these other guys, they, they open up with a 15 barrel and you're their guinea pig. Right. Here, here's our first beer we ever brewed, ever. And you're going to drink it and you're going to critique it and you're going to not like it. Or, or like it. A lot harder to throw it away when there's that much right. to throw away too, right? We've dumped zero batches here. Yeah. And that's because we, we dialed it in there. Yeah, back over there. And, and, and now it's time for growth. And, yep. and, and we're, we're doing great, you know. It's, um, so we're, we're really happy with the product. So we're, do, we're doing bigger batches when we can in beer. And, we're kicking ass. We That's awesome. It. So speaking of the beer, and as we talk about the beer, you guys can get a little bit closer to the mic. It'll yes, just yes. get right all up in there. We're sipping on the like Fest beer. beer first, and it's Oktoberfest. It's that time of year, and this is hitting the spot for me. It's that got that little bit of that Mars and sweetness to it. Yep. It dries out at the end. It's a really nice uh, nice beer for the Oktoberfest uh, that you might be going to over the weekend. Here. Yeah, for sure. I love this thing. I had it with dinner earlier, and... Um, I, I don't know. I just think it's fantastic. It's not, it's not too bitter. It's just it's very smooth and has a nice sweetness to it all the way through. But it's not too sweet either. So um, I don't know. I think it's like right down the middle. Just a, a fantastic, fantastic beer. Yeah, that's our goal is just to make beers, no matter what style, that are extremely drinkable. So yeah. you have more than one, uh, except our pumpkin beer. But I think actually <laughs> that you might be able to have two. Nice. Uh, but yeah, we, we, you know, just kind of fashion the the recipes after some like stuff that we like to drink we've been drinking a long time so right, yeah. um i think we're professionals what they say like after uh ten thousand hours you are a master at your your whatever sure yep, yep. You're, you're doing i've heard the same i think i think we've uh, logged probably twenty thousand hours of of drinking and brewing and all that other good stuff so we're at 63 episodes yeah at a, about an hour each so we're at about 63 hours of podcasting yeah so we got a long time yeah we got a long way to go we got a long way to go <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't drink anymore. <laughs> or, or any less. You've given yeah. up. I'll or drink to that. I'll nice. drink to that. Hey, I was noticing that as we were eating dinner, you guys have the one big stout. You got a 10% stout on there. But yeah. everything else is, is seven or below. So it, it led you, lets you have more than one and not feel like you're going to, you know. Yeah. Be a wreck for the next two days at work. The and monk's coming, right? The monk, but, but uh, also Larry's nine percent or nine point one. But we're out here, you know, so it's not like we're in a, a town uh, where people can walk easily. Not anymore, especially in Honeybrook, where we had some some people who could walk to the tap room. But you know, we're right here on three twenty two, yeah. so not too many people can walk here. But you want to make sure everybody gets home okay, and they're and not uh... ultimately comes back then. Too, yeah, for so, sure. Um, <laughs> 
But, you know, we're doing uh, the canned beers, so they can take those home and obviously the, gra- the Crowlers. So, um, but, yeah, but there'll, there'll be some bigger beers coming down the pike. So we're, we're plotting out our brew schedule uh, through the end of the year and then through next year. And nice. So there'll be some big stuff coming. All right. Well, what I'd like to do is let's go, like, in the Wayback Machine. Let's kind of go way back before Suburban. Um, I want to know a little bit about about each of your backgrounds and how you guys think you ended up here together. All right, so, like, Corey, for example, if I understand correctly, um, you owned a, uh, a homebrew shop, right? Yeah, yeah. So take us through, you know, the evolution of, um, you know, what it was like owning and running a homebrew shop, how you're dealing with customers and things like that, to eventually becoming a head brewer and owning a brewery as well. Yeah, I I guess the whole thing started um, when I was in college. So uh, when I was in college at Westchester, I got a job at a uh, brewing premise in uh, in Berwyn back in like 90, the late 90s. So... um, before I even homebrewed, that was my first job, and I was a beer coach. Okay. So walking people through the the steps of brewing and, and doing all the behind the scenes work. So um, so that's how I got into to brewing and the brewing process. And then I moved out to Kansas City to help that company open up a brewery out there, and um, actually help with the construction, and then open it up, and then uh, was the lead brewer out there, and we had our beer on tap, and we bottled and kegged it, and. Yeah, we had it on tap at Arrowhead and Kaufman Stadium out in Kansas City. So um, that was a great experience being 22, 23 years old, um, you know, having the keys to the brewery and, yeah. and being that guy. So nice. Um, I kind of peaked at, at the early 20s. <laughs> um, and then I moved then back. We all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one then. All right. Um, so, and then um, I came back, the company went under, and to speed it up, um, I started homebrewing. So, after two years of working at a brewery, um, I started homebrewing, and I got a corporate job and did that for 15, 16 years. Got the shits of that, and sure. uh, ultimately I wanted to open my own brewery. You know, from, uh, so I realized there's a lot of capital, a lot of, um, you needed people you could trust, um, more than one or two. Uh, to actually open a, a, a brewery, and uh, I, I didn't have that, so you know I wanted to do the next best thing, and that was open a homebrew shop. Uh, nice. So I did that for four years, and ultimately that's how I met Eric, um, and then kind of got me in the game, and you know we hooked up, and you know then we we kind of took it from there. Um, sold Eric some brewing equipment, and we brewed together in his driveway, and we crafted the China Cat Kolsch, which we have in cans right now. And um, I forget what the other beer was. Sunshine. Sunshine. Here comes Sunshine. And then um, talked about it. Eric was out here in Honeybrook and said I wanted to open a brewery out here and test the market. And said, sign me up, man, because ultimately that's what I wanted to do. And sure, didn't want to be in retail for long because that's it was only me. So I was working, you know, seven days a week. Right, yeah, doing that stuff. Well, yeah, that's. I'm kind of curious. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody that like works at or owns a homebrew shop. You know, what is that like? Because I can only imagine you, you probably more than most businesses have a pretty intimate relationship with your customers. Yeah, I can just imagine that there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of help, a lot of things going on between you and your customers more than just a restaurant or a bar or a Wawa 
you know, the conversations you're having with the customers uh, and, and the level of service you're giving them is probably a lot different. It was awesome. It was it was really cool because, yeah, you did get to be personal with people and, and help them out. And it was really cool to see when, you know, somebody would come in and buy their starter kit. Yep. And then, you know, four years later, they were buying all grain ingredients. And sure. Kind of through that that process of uh, getting into the the hobby and um, you know just brewing beer and then it, it, it was cool and especially at the personal level you know people yeah. would come in so it was funny like there a handful of guys who were like single and then they're dating and then next thing you know they're engaged yeah and then they get married and then you see less of them and, and then they, they stop back yeah. and <laughs> right. yeah. yeah pretty much yeah, right but that was it yeah, but, that, that, but then after a year over. or two they're they like, what come back in thing? with their little kid or something sure. like that but but outside of that it was it was cool helping people kind of connect the dots on the brewing kind of puzzle sometimes yeah i mean were you like a guinea pig too like did everybody yeah. come back yeah. and be like i bought these ingredients from you you know two weeks later they come back with a growler or a can like yeah. try this what do you think how'd i do yeah most of them were good experiences they um, come to the shop i mean that's yeah. what's great i'd go to his shop and they'd all come back and bring their samples and yeah and like fridays cool. were the hangout day yeah. well, exactly. i had a beer oh, meister cool. and i tried to always have like showed off bring something in. yep it was fun yeah oh, it's, it's different amazing. ingredients yeah. and kind of showcase uh, it and yeah you know, fridays were, were great fridays and saturdays and, and really sundays were great you know people because it was very social right and to an extent it kind of got in the way because i was the only person there so we're trying to be social and drink you know and, yeah. and sample stuff like and you know it's just tough juggling a couple balls at, at the same time but no it was it was really great and i kind of missed that aspect and uh you know still stay in touch with uh you know some of the the customers who are in the homebrew club or um who come here or, sure. or local that kind of stuff so it, it was a lot of fun i mean there's there's such a communal and social aspect of any homebrew shop that you don't get when you buy your your stuff online so that's why you should ultimately, you know, support, support. local small yeah, businesses, support. small homebrew shops, artisan, uh, Keystone. Man, I think they might be the only ones who are left. Wow. You yeah. Know, um, I think Weekney's gone. You can get it off of Amazon but, easily. But, yeah, right. But you're not going to be able to go in and talk and have that. Right. Amazon's not going to give you, like, hey, I, I, I overscarge or this, you know, like uh, my gravity's this or whatever. You know, that's what was great about going to your homebrew shop. Like, he was the guru. You know, you go there and they say, hey, I, I did this, that, and another thing, and it didn't work. What do you yep. suggest? Yeah. And, and you can't get that from Amazon. Sure. And guess what? If people keep buying it because it's a dollar cheaper off of Amazon, we might not. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's the mom and pop kind of fight. Yeah, for sure. Corey, I'm impressed. You've got a, a natural radio voice, I feel like. Yeah, that's coming across really well. Major at West, yes. and he's also yeah. reminding me of Burt Kreischer a little bit. I'm going to step up Looks my like voice. Looks like a little Burt Kreischer. Oh, you know what? My aunt says that, too. What? Burt Kreischer? Yeah. Or the voice? Yeah. Take off your shirt. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Just take your shirt off right away. Um, you're the machine. Oh, no, no. no. I, I work all my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, let's uh, let's get your background a little bit. From what I understand, you are the chef restaurateur. Um, you know, so why don't you tell us a little bit of your road that ended you up here? Well, I used to flip Big Macs. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, it started, uh, I mean, I went to Johnson Wales. And I, went, I, I cooked all my life. You know, it's, uh, 
what I did. I would, uh, you know, at home I'd cook and, and fool around with food, and my mother always talked to me about, like, you know, I, I came home and made, like, a cake one day while I came home from school, and I was like, it, right? I was never a book guy. I was never like, sure. a math guy. Yep. Um, I like to do stuff that I can say, hey, I made that, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, like instant and, gratification. And, and just, like, yeah. to share... Like, it's uh, an art, I'd say. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I wish I could paint a, a picture and be like, oh, that's, I'm an artist. Yeah, but right. I'm not. I, yeah. can, I can barely write my name. Yeah, you know, it's like, it looks like chicken scratch. Yep. But, you know, when it comes to, like, food and hospitality, which I love, which has been hard to do right now in this, in this pandemic, but... um Basically, my background, I, I cooked a lot, a lot of places, you know. I, I went through uh, all culinary school up in, in New England and lived on Cape Cod. Um, came down back here, kind of conquered all the stuff, the, the big places around here in Chester County. I did you know, do it down in. I did, uh, you know, the Gables, Jadsville, and all these places that used to be like the the iconic uh, places around here. Which, Would you say like fine dining? They were. Yeah, that okay. day, yeah. I mean, it was tuxedos, tableside yeah, Caesars, sure. and, you know, Cherry Jubilee and Tom Blades and, right. you know, whatever. And, you know, like, so I was like, all right, well, I did this. So I kind of explored, moved down to Naples, Florida, did that kind of thing. And lived in Las Vegas, cooked in Las Vegas. I, was like, I came back this way, worked at Jersey Shore, and did, um, I was a partner of White Dog Cafe for, for five years. I was a private chef for uh, a movie director around here. Okay. A lot of people know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you, know, the, you know, just cooked all over, wherever I could, I that's, cooked. That's an, um, that in itself could probably be a whole podcast. Like, that just yeah, sounds like so much there's fun. There's definitely some stories. Like, totally. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I just... I don't know, like, the first thing that comes to mind is just, uh, like, when you watch those cooking shows or, like, an Anthony Bourdain or something like that, just, like, going to all these places and, you know, being in these these kitchens with these people and learning their story and yeah. just all of that. I mean, it's it sounds fantastic. So it sounds like you've got the training and the resume to back it up. When did you start doing things for yourself? Um, after I left White Dog, I, I was a private chef. We all know it's for Night Channel, so mm-hmm. I, I, I did a lot of that stuff and uh, the movie sets and stuff. But I, I kind of got in trouble for saying this before, but I said, you know, this is where you know chefs go to retire. You know, like I was sure. a private chef. Yeah. I was like, I was like 30 years old. I was like, I'm cooking for five people. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, <laughs> like, what am I gonna do the rest of the day? Yeah. Right. You know, like. I didn't go to college. I didn't do this for, for the like cook for five people. Sure. So then I just took on more challenges, and I did the Wybrook Farm out here, where we've raised our animals and, and butchered all our animals on site. And, um, so that's that, amazing in itself. Yeah. Just I mean, the, I can't imagine the process that goes into all that. Yeah. That, yeah. So, so then I was like, you know what? You know, I'm just gonna do it by myself, and uh, I um, did suburban in Exton and uh, when I came to Exton I, I tried to follow some of my my beliefs that I learned uh, from just like my journey of being a chef and I yep. took a little bit of everything from Wyabrook from um, White Dog where I learned a lot from Judy Wicks who was like a pioneer of uh, farm to table um, okay. cuisine and stuff. Yep. She, she was doing the farm to table stuff before it was cool you right. know 
and uh, so we did that. And so, so I was like, so, so that was easy. The food part was easy. And I was like, okay, I'll buy local. I get a cat. I, I still do. I get, I, I get a, a half a steer every every month, yep. if not two, and uh, cat, uh, pigs and everything else. But then I said, well, you know, when I was at White Dog, we did a ninety mile beer menu. So everything had to be within 90 miles. Nice, okay. So I changed that from 90 miles on my own, because now you know, I'm on my own. I want to change it just to Pennsylvania. Sure. So we did Pennsylvania beers, and because now there's so many great breweries. So like, many. Why not? For so, sure. So I have 24 drafts at, at, a, at that at excellent location, and we had um, 24 beers on draft, and they were all Pennsylvania drafts. But they were the smaller Pennsylvania drafts. You know, there's some big Pennsylvania guys that yep. I'm very good friends with that I just just didn't put on, you know, because they didn't need a leg up. The little guys need a leg up, uh, so I put the smallest breweries I knew on draft. Since that happened, they all kind of, they, they, they're doing okay now. So, yeah. so um, you know, when we're doing it, we're, we looked at the beer program, and I looked at the liquor program I said well you know what why can't we just do Pennsylvania liquors too and I have a full liquor license so it might have shot me in the foot for uh, you know the beginning the first four years I've only served Pennsylvania liquor and Pennsylvania beer yep I I drew the line at wine but people would come in like I want a Grey Goose and tonic or something yeah. I don't have Grey Goose yeah, why don't I it. try Stateside or Boardroom or whatever some sure. other small batch uh, distillery yep. and it worked um, for, for some people other people like we're out of here we're going next door because I want my martini of Grey Goose so it was, like, it was hard well, I love that place um, I, how do you um how did you choose that location in Exton? Um, it was a hard decision. <laughs> it was like, I said no a couple of times. Yeah. They, they asked me to keep coming. And, um, I, uh, it, it was a hard decision. Uh, it, it's off the beaten path. It is. It's but so, once you get back so there, hidden. it's awesome. Once it's such get, a cool place. Once you get back there, it's awesome. Once you find it, you're and like, wow, this is a gem. That's the key. Yep. So it's like, you know, once you find us, you're going to love us. And if you understand what that community is about and how big it can be and, and the events we have, the concerts we have. The concerts are amazing. And They're uh, so cool there. We have art Farmer's shows, Market, all yeah, Farmer's stuff. Market, there's, it's Movies. A, it's a hidden yep. gem, you and, know. And for the people out there, if you're unfamiliar, um, Suburban is in Eagle View. Um the easiest way I always tell people is go like you're going to get on the turnpike, but don't get on the turnpike, then take a left. Next left. Yeah. The next left. <laughs> and you're back there. Do that, and do that clover loop. And of yeah. course, Suburban's back there. There's a lot of different shops. There's a My kids love that bookshop that's behind you guys. They always pay oh, to go to that bookshop. That it's bookshop. a nice it's local bookshop. It's the nicest bookshop. It's like an artisan bookshop. It's like it's like Harry Potter's. Like, you if know, you don't want to go to the Barnes & Nobles of the world, you want to support a local bookshop, yeah. that's yeah. a great place to go. Yeah. But there's all these apartments there, and there's this little field right out in front where the farmer's markets are great. Um, I would go up there and get Brandywine Valley bread before Fran opened up his yep. shop in Downingtown. Um, they had this dude selling this bourbon maple syrup, 
Yeah. It Fantastic. was like we we featured that on our me- menu many oh, times. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like it was like they do a, a rum one too. It's, it's expensive. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to tell the wife yeah. what I spent on it, but yeah. it was so it's good. Like Twenty-one bucks. Yeah. 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 Dude, I just said yeah. I don't want to tell my wife how much I spent on it. They'll edit but that it's out. So yeah. good. It's so tasty. But it's just a great little community. There's a couple other restaurants there. It, and now that they've you guys have kind of taken over some of the parking spaces and you can sit outside yeah we we sit outside there with our dog and it's just such a great scene up there yeah, the whole cool. beer garden side is is incredible well, that's how it yeah. all started right honestly we were one of the first beer garden i mean we won the best beer garden in 2017 philly magazine because yep. there there was a, the whole the whole thing came apart was, uh, there was urban beer gardens yep. there was no so that's like let's make a suburban beer garden and it was like that's how it kind of came to me I was like it was a big thing in the city there was no beer gardens and that we were the first one to do it and I wanted to be Pennsylvania you know yeah. we have so much great beer in Pennsylvania so that that's how it started and then uh, we started brewing beer with Corey and he makes fucking awesome beer <laughs> so it was like it was a no brainer and we just started making great beer so, I got a question. So, you're a chef. I like to cook at home. I'm, no by, I'm by no means a chef, but I like to cook at home. My wife is the baker. How do you think about food in relation to beer? Because to me, the beer is the baker. You have your recipe. You know what you want to do going in. Yes. It's a lot of... Beer so baking. Yeah. So as, as a, a chef, or, how do you that's taste why and I need it cool. throw that salt. guy? That's exactly yeah, that's what, what you I need. Okay. Because yeah. I'm a chef. I'm like a little bit of this. Little taste. Bit of that. Taste. We were sitting in the garage and I and, and, and Corey's like at this exact moment. It's like it's got to boil for an hour and forty three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, hold on, we gotta set a timer. Well, like, yeah, right. It's I'm funny like, because like when I started home brewing, it was more of I would weigh things like by eye and you know things would be but you can do that when you're home brewing sure yeah they always talk about the art and science of brewing right so that's more of the art it's the eyeball and and that's why you know i think cooking is is an art you know obviously there's a science involved with it just like brewing but i think there's there's an art and i think that's what makes you know certain chefs cooks you know kind of stand out because sure they embrace more of the art too there's yep. you know you can you can do the book part so like with 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 brewing and especially at the commercial level things do have to be repeatable and you know um yeah, you gotta have that consistency, consistency right? you, gotta, you, you gotta be consistent the same beer out every especially time especially now you know it's crazy we're canning I and packaging stuff and, and, sure. chef wise you know. i can but like which yeah, is still, yeah. I, it's I hear still you. like but, they ask me for recipes. I'm like, it's a kitchen spoon of this. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they're like, what's a kitchen spoon? I'm like, the round one. You know, like what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, whatever you got. In the kitchen. Yeah, right. <laughs> my wife gets so mad at me because I never follow. I my recipe is getting six different recipes and seeing what I like from each of them and just yeah. throwing it all together. Exactly. She's like, but I want to make it. I'm like, um, yeah, sorry. That's like the spirit of homebrewing. It's it's like anything can happen. You can kind of stumble on it, but if you have to make it again, do you remember how you did that chili when you just kind of had the stuff laying around the house, or you kind of, you know, called an audible and and you did a few things, and you know, so. But that that's fun. 
that's that's the fun stuff and that's what we try to incorporate too with with our beers like we have our flagships but then we want to have some fun beers so we do, sure. want to do things differently we want to experiment and i think that's the whole spirit of home brewing and and ultimately i think that's the the spirit of of brewing in general uh, especially at the smaller you know craft level there's that experimentation there's sure that you're not tied to a certain thing like like Yingling Lager, Rolling Rock, or Miller Lite, or whatever, Sam Adams. Like You don't have to churn that out so the people in California taste the same beer yeah. as the people in New Hampshire or whatever. So, um, And we do have that flexibility to kind of, doesn't turn out exactly, double dry hops, whatever. Or, you know, it's the imperial version of whatever. Yeah, right. So I, when I look at your tap list, I see a very diverse tap list I know you know we were mentioning it earlier yeah. how many pl- places have a cream ale on you guys have a cream ale a German wheat on the Fest beer the Keller beer the Kolsch uh, Porter Stout you know it's it's not your uh, seven different IPAs and one other beer right how do you as as a brewer balance and I shouldn't say that as a brewer I should say as a brewer slash business owner mm-hmm. balance what you're putting on the menu I know your cream ale isn't gonna make people bust down the doors and sell no. cases after cases of them but I know as a brewer you want that guy that says wow you guys got a cream ale on right. I gotta try that yeah, how, yeah. Do you, how do you balance that what do you think of that and that that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges is looking at styles um, I mean from I love beer I love drinking beer I love going places and drinking beer I'm not a big flight guy, so if I go to a place, I don't get flights. I, yeah. I order smaller pours, you know, 10 ounce, or maybe I drink four 16 ounce. Right, sure. And yeah. that's my flight, but I like <laughs> seeing variety, and I like seeing execution, and um, I like when, if I did get flights, and when I put myself in the consumer side, like, I want to see potentially four different beers lined up next to each other. I don't want, like, where it's IPA dominated, where it's like, four beers that look exactly the same and yep. you know kind of taste relatively the same so we like that but we also build up um, an interesting kind of I don't know um, expectation from the tap room in Honeybrook where people love like the Scottish Ale or they like you know obviously some of the, the lager type beers where they're not hop driven but um, just from a brewing perspective on a lot of different levels, one from a, a cost, one from maintaining tap lines, um, being always filled. We like to have beers that kind of um, get kicked in at different times. Sure. Because as we're brewing, we can only brew so many times a week. Yeah. Um, but if all of our beers were IPAs and then all four, say, kicked, then four out of 12 beers we need to replace. And yeah. The way Keep we it brew, diverse. it just doesn't have that output coming. So we got to kind of stagger it. We also have to stagger costs. We have to stagger styles and stagger interest level of myself, the brewer, and, and Justin, the other brewer. So, like, th- there's a lot of plate spinning where it comes into play on what we have on the menu. And sure, we do want to have stuff maybe that, that differs from other breweries. We want to have kind of some beers that, that get the draw because we know that like the craft beer drinker is pretty promiscuous and they want new things they want new beers they want new styles they want new so we're thinking about having a brown ale coming up and all right well brown ale might sell for a little while but 
if you do a brown ale with coconuts or if you do a brown ale with chocolate, you know, whatever, um, that might sell even a little better. And yep. it might just keep people kind of chipping away at that, that inventory. So from a business perspective, there's different things. From a brewer's perspective, there's a different outlook on on what we're brewing and, and how often and the, and the style. So there's a lot of kind of like threads to the to the road, sure. you know, that we're looking at. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's not an easy way to come up with, with beers. You'd think it would be, but, you know, we have 12 beers on tap. Um, we have six beers in cans. We're going to bring in four more taps. So how do we make sure that there's there's beer in the pipeline as soon as we bring in four new taps? So it's it, it's a fun challenge. I mean, it's it's it, there's a lot, lot to it, um, just beyond kind of the styles. Do you think the IPA heavy fad might be a tough word? Explosion, the IPA craze is starting to back off a little bit. I personally think it does, but I don't know if sales and breweries are seeing the same thing I'm seeing. I think there might be. I think there could be some like people getting IPA'd out. Mm-hmm. I think I think the wave might have crested and. Um, I think there's there's going to be, especially breweries who really do IPAs really well, who that's in their wheelhouse. Um, they'll have their audience, but I think, you know. I don't think they're going away. I, no, I, I really no for sure. Just at the restaurant, I mean, like, we, we sell probably four to one IPA, you know. Yep. And I don't see like what they like and it's and 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 the brewery aspect i think that people judge you by your ipa and that's what's kind of weird about it well it's kind of like if you looked at untap ratings if if you look at ipas that's kind of where what drives the bulk of you know the untap rating so if you look at breweries who are ipa heavy they may be a little higher on untapped if that's kind of what you're measuring i don't know anything on I, but, ju- I judge you by your locker. Yeah. Then and that's, that's what I do. Yeah. But yeah, you're probably somewhat of the minority. Yeah, you're, you're the, the but one percent. We don't yeah, judge right. ourselves by untapped. We judge ourselves no, you by, can't. you know, obviously the bottom line. Sure. Yeah. And, when somebody uh, says customer comments. Oh, that's a really good locker. Three point Right. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't matter. It's just like what sells. Like you said, it's, it's still mm-hmm. bottom line is when you look into the bottom line. Yeah. The IPAs sold this much, yep. and that sold this much. IPAs brought in ten thousand dollars this month, and Lager brought in a thousand. Sure. So it's like, what are we gonna do? We're yeah. gonna brew another IPA. There's yeah. room for everything. But guess what? I think, IP, I think our IPAs are great. I mean, like, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, it is one of those things where but I always I'm wonder. I'm kind of getting over room. Like, sure. I mean, some. Of the, I, I think a lot I of like people West are. Coast. I I like to hope that through mediums like this, the podcast, and people getting to, you know, that get excited or get into craft beer where they have that great hazy IPA and go, wow, maybe I do like craft beer, that the more they drink, eventually they'll say, well, let me try that cream ale. Let me try that dry hop Pilsner. I like dry hop IPAs. Our cream ale has turned so many heads these days. Sure. They're like, I don't like Jenny C. I'm like, it's not Jenny C. Yeah. Right. Stop. That's, that's all anybody knows. Yeah. Did you guys have the female on? We no. haven't had oh the female Is it on? Yeah, it's up here. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, but one of the things, like, yeah, at the tap room and looking at the numbers every week, every month, you know, the Kolsch was our biggest seller. 
and then probably a year, 18 months in, our 322 Pale Ale, which is lower ABV but hoppier and very approachable Pale Ale, hazy, um, ended up being our number one bestseller. So it was really cool. And so maybe we molded them. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're like hops. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, getting feedback from Mike, the bartender here, um, who's been with us since day one, and just seeing that... Shout out to Mike. Yeah. Yo, what up, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Modena. Brother? That that wasn't Mike over here earlier, was it? No. Okay. No. We don't know that guy's name. (laughs) He used to work here. He used to work. (laughs) (laughs) He got scolded. Is he on camera? He's listening. Yeah. I know you're listening to part of that. Justin. So so what's it like, um, you know, when you're a homebrew guy, you, you start doing a one-barrel system, and now tell us about, like, the system that you're on now and what it's like, um, you know, kind of transitioning to a bigger scale and being able to do more. A lot more cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it was it was um, a lot more volume. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, you know, the I process takes the same amount of time. It's just the yield is greater. Sure. Um, but but there is a lot more cleaning, uh, a lot more cleaning and uh, and prep and and that's the biggest thing, I think, for um, everybody who's like looking to go to pro. Like majority of I don't know, I don't say majority, but good amount of home brewers always have that dream of going pro and yeah. Sure. Brewing beer is the easiest part of being a part of a, a brewery. Sure. But there is 98% more stuff beyond just brewing. Numbers. Yeah. So, I can't imagine, yeah, yeah. numbers, ordering yeah. stuff. But scheduling, lining yeah. things yep. up, Shit. consistency, the quality, all the that player. kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, it, uh, jumping from, I don't know, um, like I was brewing at home at a, on a... I think it was a half barrel system. Okay. Um, and then um, jumping up to a one barrel, it wasn't that. You just have to get used to the equipment. So yep. going from um, like a, a direct fire propane outdoor system to uh, indoor electric, getting sure. used to that. And then just going from one barrel to ten barrel is was kind of the same. I mean, things kind of uh, scaled up to an extent. Sure. Uh, very you know similarly, but. Um, you had to dial certain things in, but yeah, like, makes sense. like no beers were dumped. Um, maybe they didn't come out exactly how we wanted them to, but yep. we took calculated risks on the the styles that we brewed the first couple until we dialed everything in. Nice. And from there, it was it was great. Um, so we actually probably for the first 20 batches were only half um, batches on our our 10 barrel system. So we're brewing five barrel batches, and that was because we didn't have the tap room open up front here so yeah. we were kegging uh, everything and then sending it over to our tap room in Honeybrook um, but once we started opening up the tap room here or we knew it was opening within two uh, weeks we started brewing 10 barrel batches and then we started canning right away so um, just kind of jumped right into it so you know I think I think we're always looking to tighten the screws and, and kind of look at our techniques and look at our ingredients sure. and see if there's improvements we can be made so there's I think there's no matter what beer we have, there's always an opportunity to to improve that beer. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's really cool to hear like just how you guys, you know, started at the bottom like that, um, worked yeah. your way up, you know, getting uh, getting fans with that small system, and then you know ending up here. 
Um, Eric, I'm kind of curious from, you know, the restaurant standpoint, what, you know, I'm, I'm curious if there's much difference between, you know, a restaurant that is beer heavy to a brewery with a restaurant. What are the similarities or the differences? I mean, good question. Come on, Eric. Now, <laughs> the American dream for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to. So my theory is, I want to sell beer to myself. You know, it's like. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, really you've got to sell beer to the. Yep. To the to the restaurant. You've got a customer right off the bat. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yep. 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 So, sold. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, you know, from the beer restaurant uh, version is kind of. Um, it's it's different than the, the than the usual like do you want to sell a bottle of wine or something to to make uh, to, to upsell somebody like oh okay well I'm gonna sell you a steak can I give you a bottle of Pinot Noir or something like that so um, there's there's a good profit in beer but the beer the beer business has been a little bit crazy I mean like what we pay for beers now. Versus like the thirty-five dollar keg of Miller Lite that you're used to. Yeah, sure. You know, like it's so I'm, different. I'm buying kegs at two and up. I mean, there's some kegs that are three hundred, yeah. four hundred dollars. So um, crazy expensive. My ideal is a sixty-forty split. You know, of, of beer and food. Sixty would be beer. Sure. Because that's where the margins are supposed to be, but. The margins now are like who, who even knows now with all the restrictions and the COVID shit. Yeah, right. Now. So like the way the costs are for the equipment, I mean, like, materials, and you know. Yeah, but you got to read the question. Yeah, well, I mean, so think think about it this way: is because I got lost. What? You know, <laughs> back in the day, a brewery really wanted to be a um, like you wanted to to put a lot of volume out. Right. You wanted to um, distribute. You know, do all those things. Right. And nowadays, there's so much out there. Maybe a better model with better margin is to just Even have a good tap room and put that them is, out there. That, but is, that is our druthers. You I mean, if have we had food. our druthers, that's it. So it's like we want to invite you into our dojo to have fun, to drink our beer at the spot where it's made. Um, one, because we can have our thumb on it a little bit, be like, okay, we know that this is how it's supposed to be served. It's served at the right temperature, the glasses are clean, the, the tap lines are clean, yeah. and it's fresh beer. Total control. And when you start deviating from that, it's like we're going to really choose who has our beer. Yeah. And we give a couple kegs to here, here and there, you know, and... Um, People that we trust are gonna, that have serve our beer yeah, properly. Do a good job, you know. But and and margin wise, honestly, to sell a beer here, if we get, you know, it's like the, the you know, you're not gonna break down. You know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be better margins at the at, at the tap versus selling kegs for two hundred fifty yeah, sure. bucks or yep. whatever, and then had to go have a yeah. sales rep. Go chase your kegs down, or whatever. Yeah. But you know, not to say well, we won't do that. You know, sure. We got we got a little bit of extra beer, so we might share the wealth. But we we prefer people to come to our house and visit us, and just because we know we're going to do it right here. Yeah. And um and we hope to have 
maybe another one down the road, but, you know, who's just, you know, we'll see what happens. So speaking of your house, what events do you guys have coming up? I saw you guys have some music coming on the weekend. What else is happening here in the tap room that you guys have coming up in the next uh, week or so? Yeah, we're trying to do more music here on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, we already had our Oktoberfest, which was a little, little sooner in, we got uh, one coming in up the rest September. Yep. But okay. yeah, n- actually next weekend. Um, well, this this weekend we're going to be at Kennett uh, for the beer fest. Yep. Um, so will we? We'll be there. Awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah, we'll be uh, tent number thirty six, and then uh, the weekend after that, there's a big Oktoberfest over at That's the restaurant in Exton. Trente seis. Yeah. My Spanish <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're doing a lot of private parties here. We have um, an event on November 6th at Black Walnut Winery that hasn't been real public yet, so that's inside scoop. That's cool. Um, so it's going to be an outdoor kind of festival for the community there in Sasbury Township. I don't, I, I don't want to sound like a meanie here. I thought they closed. They, they closed, did. but another uh, business bought it. Okay. Um, so friends of ours uh, through the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Purchased at Penrise Advisory, um, so they do financial stuff uh, and stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're gonna. They really want to be community oriented. They're great and, people. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna be over there. Uh, so we have that. Uh, we're also working on a few other events kind of lined up uh, coming up. So um, that that's the goal is really to have, especially as we kind of wind down through the holiday months yep. and then in the early early winter and, and spring, kind of, as things kind of bounce back. Yeah, kinda, sure. You know, have, have more events. So we're looking to um some events here i think we want to do some kind of uh halloween thing here maybe a trunk or treat just told you about that right now <laughs> so or the other place yeah or the but a trunk or treat <laughs> we can do that for the kids oh yeah for the kids. kids for the kids and then maybe another blowout at the old spot um but yeah now uh, we're we're looking so it, it, it it's kind of been tough um so we we put our roots in the ground here on June 23rd at the new tap room. Okay. Um, we are tight staffed, so we have a, 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 a team who's really kind of overloaded doing a lot of things. So we're not kind of in the exact position where we want, where we can kind of start really branching out and doing everything. But we love to blow it out. We just don't with, have staff. With that said, we want to kind of gear up for 2022 yeah sure and uh come on come out of the gate swinging so i think as we kind of for the past six months you know going keep honing that craft get better and better every day and then get our beer get it in cans so we've been canning every month doing that stuff so yeah we we, we're super happy we have a plan of attack yeah food yep the atmosphere, uh, the staff We'd has been great here. More staff. Yeah, so yeah if, your staff is If nice. you guys want a job, <laughs> yeah. so info let's, let's, at suburbanbrewingco.com. <laughs> let's talk about the actual 322 tap room a little bit more because we're upstairs right now. And this we're is such a, a cool spot. Yeah. The, these couches, the way this that is they're... This the Tony Montana lounge. Yeah, this is very, very cool. So what was this space you get the when beer. you got in here? We built it. You I did drew, you? I drew this fucking thing on a napkin. 
Especially this part. Yeah. I can actually show it to you. That's like, yeah. It's we amazing. We have a frame. It's actually so. <laughs> you know, I, I, at first, I didn't realize this was up here. Um, but it wasn't a, supposed to be up. Here. It's a real nice <laughs> bar. You got some extra. seating. There's some outdoor seating down yeah. there. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about what went into like you know designing this place Dude, and laying it out. This place is this this the footprint is 1,200 square feet. So we are jamming. The exact number of people that we're supposed to have in here for the township of uh, Honeybrook. Yeah. Uh, No, but um, based on our architect and all that, like we were able to, and and the codes within Honeybrook Township have this (laughs) 600 square foot mezzanine level, which is a total addition above the bathrooms, above the kitchen that we had put in here. So, you know, totally maximizing this footprint, which. You know, this space was kind of uh, a little bit of a, it wasn't our initial thought. So the initial thought was of the 3,000 square feet in the back of the brewery uh, of this building. And we we're going to have a big production area and then be able to uh, put that beer in our tap room in Honeybrook downtown or at Suburban Restaurant. So sure. kind of as we're looking at this property and it's a brand new and we knew the landlords, Eric and Tracy, um, we knew that this space was open, so I think it was Eric's idea. He was like, hey, man, what do you think that we put a tap room up front? And it was small, but when we looked at Tracy's space next door, it we felt really like big. it was big. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like 1,200 square feet, no problem. We could put a bar in here. We can, Yeah. You know, and then bathroom, bathroom and a kitchen. And then things yeah. kind of started kind of like, all right, Turned we're, we're going to put the food truck on that side. So we went through a lot of iterations of the floor plan, but ultimately we landed on this and we had the floor. So this, this isn't the end-all, be-all for suburban brewing like the tap room area, but right. I think we're making the most out we of this. We made some cool moves spot. out of this I mean, place. Like we had a lot of unique. audibles. I mean, yeah. like it was the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. But everything was through the roof. This mezzanine king phase two. I looked at the bar and I said, "Shit, we're building a bar that nobody could sit at." Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to sit at a That's bar. That's the whole room. Yeah. And yeah. I'm paying like 130 bucks a sheet for plywood. What the heck is yeah. man? So yeah. then we looked at, you know, and we started like, I was like, well, well, if we put a garage on that side and we put a garage on this side. Yeah. Now we have open air dining. Yeah. You're all fresco. Now we're a tent. Yeah. <laughs> now we're right. a tent. <laughs> so it was like, bring it on. Came back on. Yeah. You know, and, but it. There's you know, room to put something on top of the kitchen, you know, make the yeah, second floor. And then go, okay, well, uh, that's uh, 10 weeks out. <laughs> it's like, and, uh, well, a piece of four by four is $1,000. And, yeah. You know, so, you know, so it was like Outrageous. a lot of growing but, but it turned out great. I think I, I'm really proud of I it. I love I this really, spot. I think it's, it's really, it's I think it's, it, was, it was a lot of lipstick on a big, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was an empty shell that we just had to kind of figure out what we're going to do with it and, and maximize the space yeah sure know? and um i don't know this is what we came up with you know like so it's cool i dig it and um i hope everybody else does and um speaking of uh saturday at uh kind of brew fest we got uh jeff norman the uh the brew fest king is in the chat He's, uh, he said he's excited yeah. to have you guys. Glad and, to have um, you guys. Yeah, right on. Jeff, if you're still there, I don't know if you guys have tickets still available. No, they're sold out. They're out? Sold out. Yeah. Sold, sold out. it. I Jeff, you guys are sold out. 
<laughs> I saw you know. yesterday on Facebook. Or maybe yeah. today. Yeah, yeah we, I think we it put happened one out. a few yeah. days ago. Yeah. That's so, good. That's great. I mean... It's awesome. It's such a good event. Jeff's so nice to have us out there uh, yep. at least the past few years. And, yeah, it's you know, a great we, time. I mean, obviously, it's Those so cool. Those guys do it right, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody seems to they love their uh, yeah. love that festival. It's I mean, yeah. from what I hear, I, I haven't been to a bunch of them, but have um, you been to that one? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. the best. I yeah. mean, it's, it's great. the best in the area. We'll I mean, be doing yeah. this there. Okay. Uh, we're gonna so have they, a little area well, we'll there. Stop by the tent. Yeah, so well, we'll we just try to get the, as many uh, people as we can over. We got, we the instigator will be here. Oh, he's coming on. What's his, what's that guy's name? No, get him on he's there. not coming on. Yeah. Not tonight. Maybe tomorrow or uh, yeah, this weekend. Yeah. Listen, listen we'll, we'll, we'll bring him on. His name's Justin. But we, we'll fucking we'll, we'll hear this. Yeah, just turn his mic down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be like, hey. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I can't hear you. I don't know what's going on. We'll see you later. That's all I heard. Yeah. Can I see that one? Is this is the paleo? That's the, yeah. yeah. American Left paleo. hand monkey wrench. So, one thing you need is a left hand monkey wrench. What, how? What do you, I mean? I'm just kind of curious because I'd be wondering how to do it myself. Um, if you ever start home brewing or brewing on this type of scale, how do you come up with the names and labels? What goes into that? Well, that's the f- best part of brewing, I think. You know, is is coming up with the names. So. Drinking. Yeah, that. Um, just like hear a song or something on the yeah, way to that, work that, or that's whatever. Like, that's a dead layer. Yeah, right so there. we're okay. we're big deadheads. So that's kind of the the common thread too i have zero dead experience yeah well just, it's, we just can turn you on you we turn you out we can <laughs> drop you out if you want. um but yeah the, no usually there's a dead playing or you know i was kind of talking about some uh, some live albums and stuff like that you know i heard the mayonnaise um, everything is live i so, caught that yeah but uh I feel like I hear Dead in the background now. Uh, we are on the same stage after Dylan. Good luck with that. Bob Dylan. Wait a second. Wait now. Wait a second. Time out. Dylan McKay. We have to follow freaking Dylan Zangwell? I guess so. Whoa. whoa. Uh, he's a friend. Yeah. Come on. Uh, we got no shot at following that kid. I know. He, he's, he can't have the closer opening. That's tough. Dude, you put know? him on after us. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> the guy went over Simon Cowell. Yeah, yeah, for man. sure. That kid's got some talent. He won over, My man yeah. got robbed. Yeah, for did. sure. Because yep. there were some people that made it that... Yeah. It's all about Facebook or social media. Yeah, how many followers? I had a, just fine. He's a great kid. Absolutely. He's going to be great. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, sure. he's got the, a whole future. He's got a whole future. Yeah. I was talking with his father, and I told him, you guys are going to have trouble because... You're still alive. Your wife is still right. alive. Nobody has cancer. And Nobody's he, dying. Yeah, exactly. You're the hardship. You're going to have tough yeah. time on the show. 2021. Have... Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't give you the horror story. You should have like, hit the wife. Like, your dad's yeah. Yeah. handsome. He's got long hair. And he's fucking <laughs> yeah. owns a brewery. He's got a brewery. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. No, we love Dylan. I think Dylan's yeah, so Dylan's, best. Dylan's fantastic. The, one of the, the first live podcast that we did yeah, was there. Was at Stolen Son. Okay. Dylan in the background. And Dylan's in the background just riffing on Wailing. a piano. Yeah. Wailing. We're just yeah. like, dude, what, for like 45 is, minutes. I'm your off. kid. Yeah. And this That's was amazing. three yeah. years ago. He had to be yeah, like yeah. 11. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that little tiny. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to get into the, to our uh, our topic of the week? Yeah, let's get into our live you album. He tried, to, he tried to to give you a. Uh, I know. Uh, he tried segue. to segue. Yeah. yeah, whatever. He's the, he's a better help you out. He's broadcaster than Dude, me. Right. Communication yeah. major, really man. Good microphone. I know. He's on it. So, 
Steve, do you want to give the introduction to this segment? All right, so I don't even remember how we brought it up last week, but this will be, we'll call it like top five. We'll come up with a catchy name and a catchy something for yeah. it. But the, the top five topic this week is your top five favorite live albums. Yeah. So, not the band live. What you got, Not the yes. band live. Top five right now? Oh, what's the live? Yeah, I remember live. Live. My roommate in college was all... Because they're yeah, from yeah, York, yeah, right? Band from York. What was their... Um, is that placenta on the floor? They did the... Uh, yeah, Lightning yeah, yeah. Light, yeah. crashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a big one. To the floor. I was a big live fan, yeah. and a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, let me see on YouTube if I can find any uh, concerts from live. Uh-huh. So I type in live, I'm like, fish. I can't type in live because I just get every other band. Do I type in live live? Do I t- so <laughs> live live? I, I can't. Type, I couldn't even type live concert because then I just got all this stuff. Yeah. Live live. Yeah, yeah. Center, to the they should have thought about that before they came up with their new band name. Well, right. don't ever Google dicks. <laughs> I was trying to get my son a baseball glove. Nah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure he puts sporting goods. Sporting goods. <laughs> sporting goods. That's a, that, that sporting goods does a lot of work yeah. in that search. All right. You going yeah. first? So John, uh, John doesn't quite have five. No. Did you, Did you get up to three? I, I've got three, I think. You got three. All right, what do we want? Do we want to go five to one? Go ahead. All right, so my number five is Frampton Comes Alive. Ah, damn yeah, you stole good. mine. That's a good that's one. Go. Yeah, that's a good okay. one. I bought that from uh, Columbia House for uh, a penny. <laughs> for a penny. <laughs> and then your next eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then the next eight cassettes were $17. I have three CDs. That was to uh, Corey, C-O-R-Y, Ross. My mom, had, <laughs> my mom paid him off. Yeah. Uh, my number four is uh, Alice in Chains Unplugged. Yes. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kurt Cobain. My number three, I almost went with Jay-Z Unplugged, but I'm going with the Jay-Z Linkin Park mashup. Yes. The live album. I forgot that was live because I had they that did a live one. And I was like, yeah. That's a good one. That's a, Yeah, that's amazing. Number two, and I almost went another Unplugged. I almost went Eric Clapton Unplugged. But I'm, going, yeah. but I'm going Eric Clapton 24 Nights, which is a four CD set where he did a different band each night. Holy you shit. did your homework. All his oh different God. bands. What the heck? Or yeah. different band so, so he had a night where he was with an orchestra. He just did He had that. a night where no, he had his regular five piece band. band. Okay. He had a night with, uh, it was like a blues band. All right. It wasn't like Derek and the Dominoes. It wasn't like no. Cream and that, oh, that shit would have like been that. incredible that, if they that, that would have sucked. sucked. That would have been cool. Uh, my number one, it's going to be way out there, is from Sting. It's Sting. called All This Time. Okay. Sting. So he did an album and a DVD Sting. with a stone. He has a villa open for the dead in Italy. No, Sting. He has this freaking yeah, sure, villa. Sure. I'm sure. So he brought this band in to Tantric. record this album. And it's Chris Body on trumpet who, if you go to see Chris Body, he's like a $125 a ticket trumpet player down in Kimmel Hall in Philadelphia. Okay. He's got Nathan East on bass. Who's just all these great musicians. So they gathered and they show the DVD is two sets and the one shows the making of. Okay, nice. Well, as they're making this album... It's 9-11. Like the actual 2001. So it's them. So it starts with them just rehearsing, but then it's them reacting. Yeah. Holy shit. And still trying. Are they going to do the concert that night? What are they going to do? Are they going to take out certain songs? Yeah, right. So it becomes this whole emotional 
attachment to it. Yeah, for real. But the musicianship is Holy just shit. incredible. Well, that's my top one. Yeah, still. That's crazy. He did the murder and only murders in the hotel. What? I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one. Your podcast name. So they'll, they'll know it. Okay. Here, here's. Mike, we've got a mic down. Mic down. Here's what I'm going to say, um, and you actually took a couple of mine. Me being... You only had two of them. How did I take a couple? I know. Well, <laughs> here's what I got. So me being the younger guy, I I don't have like the... Um, you know, I never listened to the, uh, the... I didn't grow up with Clapton like, like other people did and things Come like that. Us. So for me, you know, mine were um, Jay-Z Unplugged. That was one that I got that That's I just very good I actually had the album and listened to on repeat. Um, the other one was Alice in Chains Unplugged. That one was one where like I was actually learning guitar and playing some of those songs. You play? Uh, not, not not really. Not well. I have instruments <laughs> that I don't play Come that on. well. Yeah, no, no. But um, you know, down in a whole nutshell, like yeah. I would just you know, down. yeah. Play those jams and then um, Dude, Incubus. Those lyrics, those lyrics, insane. Can just whoa. Do you in? Uh, and then Incubus, the Morning View sessions. Big uh, Incubus fan, but um, that live album and session, you can actually watch it. You know, there's it's online as well on YouTube and everything. Is uh, is just amazing. Like I don't know, he, that that lead singer Brandon Boyd. Like I don't. Doesn't matter if it's live or. You know the the CD or whatever. Like he's just he's one of those that sounds almost exactly the yes. same live. He does, yeah. Crazy. It's incredible, and uh, and it's not like the easiest singing either. So like when you see him belt it out like that and hit those notes perfectly and everything, it's just amazing. And I I just love their sound. Uh, it's it's such a good album. But I, I guess what is that? Uh, three of them. And then you you reminded me of I, I when I was doing when I thought of the Jay Z one. I was like, what about that Jay Z Lincoln Park? But I was like. Is that live? Was that live? I couldn't remember. But um, that was a whole experience for me, that album. I saw that live thing they put on MTV, and I was like, this is nuts. Like, I never heard of it. It just appeared. I was like, it's crazy. Now, I kind of think I remember, like, being excited for it to come out. Because, you know, those were, like, the two biggest things going on in music in in my circle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, very exciting stuff. You guys got anything? Mine? What did you got, man? Europe 72, I think. Was yeah, I was going to say that. Um, I mean, so Mario checked in. He said, I was just saying Mario. Someone, someone needs to comment about Sting being the murderer. I said that. Because you guys he hates didn't dogs. get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, it's that show. It's like on like Hulu. It's like um, only murders in the building or something like that. Uh, is huh. that the one where they're all eating mushrooms? No, that's the other one. Uh, We're going to do that story, too. <laughs> um, but um, Europe 72, The Matrix 66, 69, what the heck? Grateful Dead. Yeah. So, so we we obviously, we listen to a lot of live music, whether it's Fish, Dead, or whatever. So, I mean, that's kind of in our wheelhouse. I have a few other albums in mind because kind of threw me a, I, a I bone really like earlier them. in the week. Oh, I didn't know anything. I like, I like Frampton. I, That's said. Frampton Comes Alive. I, I yeah. love that. I saw him at the Melody Tent in um, Cape Cod when I was in college. Frampton. <laughs> and he played, he did the voice box. All, all the greatest hits. It's got to come with the voice yeah. box. Yeah, that was like 1997. It was awesome. 
And I was uh, like, I was, I was trying to think, like, um, so every, everything we listen to is live, like dead oriented. But uh, Johnny Cash live at Folsom Prison Blues was a good one. About that, right? yeah. I remember my my dad had uh, that album, so that was one of the first albums kind of listened to. Um, Nirvana live at Leeds. I mean, just from that grunge kind of, you know, just incredible. I still Boy, listen to tracks on that. MTV Unplugged, that was a good but that, one. But that, yeah. I remember where I was when I heard that on on MTV. Like, that was kind of like a, I mean, I was in college in 93. And it was one of those. Lots of great covers on that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, just the musicianship. The Meat Puppets cover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, knew them as just man. That was good stuff. Like a fire. You know, some of the the traditional. I can't songs. imagine. Sometimes I I, I think and put myself you guys have back. Beer? Yeah, I think I'm good. But yeah, I, I think back about like when um, what it must have been like to be in that time where there was nothing else out there that sounded like that. Oh, I mean, was. what was the music like? And then all of a sudden, something uh, like that comes you out. That, You're just like, I mean, like what? Dylan live in 75 or like freaking well, like, isn't it crazy like, just, like how the West is won with Led Zeppelin like there's like yeah. so many different ones that were live that were like I had a song remains the same as a uh, song right live in 75 was like I mean there's so many that how the West was won you know like there's there's so many different songs that no are, matter what it is I mean that's the, the inspiration for all these beers that we have like that damn so, monkey ranch. Yeah. It's, our it's, beers uh, are songs that we listen to yeah, very nice. much. Uh, Grateful Dead <laughs> song, great up. story that we told. <laughs> but just just thinking about talking about Led Zeppelin, one of my, one of the beers we brewed um, today actually um, was Moon Rocks, and we canned that. So the story, and it's kind of on the label. It's um, I was out in. It's not about weed. That's rolled no. in Keith. No. That's rolled in whatever the heck you guys smell. Uh, yeah. It's through it's a not the Moon Rocks, but it's the Talking Heads Moon Rocks. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. The album. So, like, I was uh, 2000 out and um, saw the last, like, I don't know, I think eight fish shows out. Um, so, flew into Vegas and saw a bunch of shows there. And then. Um, Phoenix and then San Diego, LA, and then up to San Francisco. But when we flew into um, Las Vegas, we got a rental car, and all it had, and this was 2000, so all it had was a cassette deck, but we didn't bring any cassettes with us. Yep. So we were going to drive from uh, Vegas basically yeah. to, to Phoenix. Yep. Right? I don't know. That's like three, four, five hours. Yeah. I can't remember. I did um, it in like two and a half on speed. <laughs> I know it's across the Hoover Dam and all that kind of shit. Right? But um, so we we moved we we stopped at and to fill up at right outside of Vegas and um, somebody gave us like a widespread panic live CD or live uh, cassette, um, which the the people I was with they like threw it in the trash and then. Um, Physical graffiti and then um, Moon Rocks, like Talking Heads. Though I don't know what I get. I think it's Moon Rocks is the, the name. I, 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 yep. and so we listen to that like for the next like eight <laughs> days solid, like nice. that. Yeah. And I remember driving from I don't remember Physical Graffiti, listening to that going from the show in L.A. all the way up to um, San Francisco overnight. And uh, I don't know. Um, we're doing some drugs and. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't driving that night, so that was my night not to drive. And like, there's a ton of construction, so they had the flashing construction signs. Yeah, right. Yep. So with the drugs that were taken, yeah, you're just like 
like at what? from like one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning after the show let out till we got into San Francisco at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. Like that was just I think we were going up the one or whatever whatever yeah. goes up the main highway from LA to San Francisco. But that was like permanently scarred. But uh, <laughs> Moon Rocks and the the descriptions also on our label that was permanently scarred as well because we listened to that because yeah. we only had two tapes right <laughs> the whole time we listened to all like, the reverse was all awesome. crazy now yeah. and then like yeah. once you do you remember, sure, the, remember there's, there's no bluetooth and, or, and you're like hold on wait <laughs> it's gonna flip over yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. it was all reverse yeah. <laughs> you're just driving the car like hold on for the, it. the tape came then and it's like yeah. you can hear <laughs> the auto reverse was awesome. That or was auto, fucking auto the best. Flip or whatever the yeah, what, you had to take it out. Yeah. It was like fucking it. The thing flipped over by itself. Yeah, yeah, technology. And it's crazy now. Anytime you hear those songs, you're just going to go back to that road trip. Pretty much. And it's oh, going to yeah. take you yeah. right back there. It, it was funny today. Actually, uh, we're brewing, and um, Justin was playing some Yes songs, and I was like, man. Again, I got to get myself in trouble. I'm like, man, my sophomore year in college, these guys from New Paltz I knew, their uh, music majors lived across the hallway in the dorm. All we did was smoke dope and eat mushrooms and listen to Yes. So <laughs> That sounds about right. So he was playing Yes, and the one song that I was like, dude, we always... Oh, this song, like I, I just permanently yeah. scarred my. He played it, and like I got goosebumps, and like the hairs of my arms stood up. Transported it's like such you. a, like a, like a reflexive kind. When of, he says yeah, mushrooms, crazy. he means like portobellos. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Mudwater, yeah. shiitake. Yeah. 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 Mudwater. Yeah. 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 Mudwater. I mean, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> Next week's topic is top five mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Hen of the woods. Yeah. What do you think? You ready for it? Hit it. Let's do toast. Presents the toast of the week. What do you think? I'm gonna go first. Do it. Um, my my toast of the week. One is a good buddy of ours, uh, East Branch Brewing. They did a four we four years four year anniversary. I think yes. this week. Mm -hmm. So cool. shout out to those guys. Um, keep up the good work. Great beer. We started yeah. at Suburban. Yeah, great people. Cheers to you guys. And uh, part two is uh, Kevin Kennerman. Toast to Kevin Kenderman for uh, giving me Eagles tickets for the weekend. So that's a good going to see the birds. That's a good gift. Wow. Yeah. Oh, good for that. Toast to Kevin. Shout out to Kevin Kenderman. It's not. I uh, think we like should Dallas do Cowboys. Again. <laughs> we don't talk about that. I think we should do an episode of just Kev giving him the. He doesn't drink crap beer at all. Just yeah, giving him the craziest shit. Miller Lite Kev. This is for you. Bud Light Lime Kev. Bud Light Lime Kev. Limers. Just give it up. What would we give him? Like just. Bourbon County, Bourbon by County, like a, just uh, the the craziest Flemish red we can find. Yeah. Just okay. some like the, a, the hoppiest Imperial style. I, I need to find like a pallet wrecker from back in the day that was like yeah. 123 IBUs and just kill them. Talking yeah. about that too today. Yeah. West uh, yeah. uh, Green Flash pallet wrecker. Uh, we're just talking yeah. about that. Back when it was the IBU wars, yeah, so right? yeah. we got a bitters, just yeah. just as bitter as we can SB. make it. Rip the enamel off your teeth. <laughs> Extra special bitter. <laughs> but you guys, you guys have anything? You're up, man. What's my toast? Toast. You got anything you can toast? Toast yourself. Toast. I didn't know what we're doing a toast to, but here yeah, we go. Just toast to anything. If you got anything you want to say. Toast. Hey, uh, toast like, to... Uh, like, fuck the Phillies. <laughs> oh, there's a good one. Yeah, good or bad. <laughs> Screw you guys. Toast. toast to you people out there. Toast. Out in suburbia. <laughs> toast to the listeners. 
Toast to you. Fuckers. Cheers, guys. Everybody yeah. that's watching and listening, we appreciate you. Cheers. Cheers. To oh, suburbia. Nice. Nice sound bite. Good sounds. Good you hear that? We really toasted. <laughs> no plastic cups. Uh, my toast is to Ted Lasso. If you haven't been watching Ted Lasso, mm. start watching it. The last so episode good. was the best episode of TV I've seen in a good, <laughs> I think, since the last good Mandalorian. Yeah. No kid. And it was it just was. such a great episode. Well, Sting did it. I already was on the set from that open Hotel. <laughs> Get out of here, man. So, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, cheers. What's Stingy? What's, what's he? Somebody what got do you it. cook up he for? He understands it. Tell me. Uh, Mario Tofu or. Mario must have got it. That's, it's, uh, Mario understood. Yeah. Mario Batelli? Stang, yes. Stang, Stang. <laughs> yeah, he's in the chat. I think yeah. he's canceled. Well, now we're officially didn't drunk. They, didn't they cancel Mario Batali? I don't know. He said something that was. Did he? Oh, did he really? Yeah, I think he's canceled. Oh. He talked about his big fat hairy toe. <laughs> I know. Corey, did you go? Uh, for a toast? Oh, a toast. toast uh, I'm going to say fuck the Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Season I was is there. just about over. Finally put us out of our misery. God damn it. Lose games to the Orioles, the yeah. Diamondbacks, the, Orioles, the Marlins, the, oh, the Pirates. <laughs> I was at the Pirates. <laughs> Deserve it. It's rough. That sucked. We're going to get swept <laughs> by the Marlins this weekend. Well, guys, uh, Eric, Corey, I can't thank you guys enough for bringing us here, letting us hang out in your space and getting to know you and just giving us the whole story. You know, I think um, the beer is, is obviously fantastic. All the beers that we've had are great. You guys are killing it there. But I think being able to actually learn your guys' story, get the background, builds a much bigger experience to the beer and what people can expect here. So, um I'm really excited for you guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you again for letting us do this. Hey, man. Thanks for having yeah. us, man. Thanks. Yeah, cheers absolutely. to you guys. Thanks I mean, for really. Thinking about suburban. Cheers to yeah, you guys. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, letting us kind of get our voice out there. And if you're around on Saturday, come by and see us at the Kennett Brew Fest. Evidently, we're following Dylan Zangwell for. Yeah, for whatever reason, but. Whatever, we'll do our best. But yeah, come say hi, be on the show. We'll uh, we'll cut something together for a Brewfest episode. Uh, this, uh, I think, if you're watching right now, this episode will be out everywhere. You can find podcasts tomorrow morning. Uh, if you're already listening to it, then you found it. If you're listening to this Congrats. now, here in the future, and you we figured it out. We love you. Thank you. But guys, everybody Drink. watching, everybody beer. listening, thank you beer. guys so beer. much. Suburban beer. Suburban beer. Three twenty two tap beer. room. Look Suburban it up online. Beer. Find it on Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you're following them so you can keep up on all the releases, all the stuff going on. The food's amazing. The beer's amazing. Come check this place out and spend some time here. Uh, again, you guys for joining us and everybody watching. Thank you so much. Have a good night, and we'll see you next time.